So you've franchised your business or you're an emerging brand. What have the consultants told you that might not be true? We'll get after it. Coming up next. Can I put you on the hot seat? Yeah, let's go. So these emerging brands or, you know, take it from infancy to emerging. So let's call emerging brand. What would we label that as? Under 25 units? Yep. Okay. Um, and so I decided to franchise my business or I'm in this category of under 25. What are some of the biggest misconceptions you think they are told in the process of becoming a franchisor? The, this is big um, because the what we're about to discuss has a lasting effect from infancy to that 20-unit level. And then at that 20-unit level, the ones who have the commitment, they're like, yeah, I got the wrong advice. So there's the there's bad franchise consultants out there that sell entrepreneurs on the concept of franchising. And the most damage they do is they give the wrong mindset and the wrong expectations. So these business owners who care about their business, care about their brand, they enter the franchise world upside down, right? The consulting cold calls them, reaches out to them. You should franchise your business. You're going to do well. And by the way, just pay us a fee and you're going to become a franchisor. So they have the wrong expectations. They think the franchising process is the goal um, and they enter the franchise world. They get frustrated. Um, some or many just never sell a franchise and others just push through, learn, adapt and grow. What they don't tell you, or I think the biggest gaps, they really don't. So the big misleading steps are, your business is not ready. You're not ready as a founder. You don't realize franchise sales are hard. And no one tells you that franchise success is an initial five-year journey. I mean, all, all of those statements are, are, are big. And like, look, let's, let's talk through the consultant side. Uh, and you and I have had conversations with a few of them, even, even the good ones will say like, look, when a brand or a business is so set dead set on franchising, even if we tell them that you have a tough path coming up and it's not, not going to work as fast as you want there. And maybe you should pause. They're still going to go find a consultant to franchise their business. So the good ones still say like, look, if, if they're going to franchise their business anyway, wouldn't you rather them use a consultant that is a, a good dude, good person, uh, than not? And the answer is, yeah, of course, yeah. But at the front end, it's almost like you and I, you and I both do traction. Like you do the, the organization checkup and you do it based on a percentage and it gives you a percentage of where's your business at. Now, obviously, they use that as a, as a gauge that their consultants can now coach you up to a higher score. But it's almost like we should create that for fran like 
businesses that are non-franchised. So what is the likelihood you have it? And when you start breaking through, do you have a clear point of differentiation on your product? Scale of one to 10. Well, I sell pizza. And I mean, I think we have the best pizza in the world, but no. Okay, so three. Uh, do you have a support team that's wider than just you as a founder? Not yet. I mean, I, I, I don't have a ton of money. Do you have capital? No. Uh, okay. That gives you a score. Um, how much do you have to invest into franchising after, after you launch? Okay. There, there's your score. Um, what are your reviews look like? Like do people line out the door to get your pizza? Not really. I mean, they like it. Uh, okay. And so what it does is like, you are not wrong for wanting to franchise your business because it's a beautiful thing to allow other human beings to invest their capital into something that they passionately believe in, that they're going to help. They're going to build wealth with your, your idea. Um, but maybe you're not going to grow at the pace that you expected. And so that, that that's category one. And then category two is selling the first franchisee is really hard. You're trying like franchisees. If you think of what a franchisee is, they're a follower. They're not a leader in majority of cases, especially with an emerging brand. So they're looking to follow the leader and you're the leader. And so the other thing they look to follow is a franchisee. Like they want to see someone that was willing to invest their hard earned money into a business. And so when you don't have a franchisee to point to, you're looking for someone to actually be a pioneer. And a pioneer is much different than following like Charles bought a hot dog brand. Ooh, I want to, I want to buy that hot dog brand. What did Charles know about that hot dog brand? So that's, that's fran franchisees. And so when you think about that, getting unit one is really tough. So like we've talked with many brands and I, I'll say, all right, what's your vision for, for year one? And let's say by end of 2022, today to end of 22, and they're like, man, it would be great if I could have five. You can go from zero to five. That's your expectation. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Well, it's taking right now on average 7.4 months from first point of impression to inquiry. Seven months is next year. So if you're going to get five, you better have friends and family lined up to buy your brand. So, but the truth, so the, there's, I'm, I'm going to say, I've talked way too much. To simplify it, assessing your brand can help you set your own expectations and selling that first franchise is going to be really, really tough, especially if you don't have a ton of money to deploy against. Those are, those are two things. Right. And, and those, those are challenges from a foundational standpoint, I think the most important, and, and I agree with expectations. And quite frankly, if, if, if a new franchisor, as we evaluate capital and industry and other factors, if they don't have the right expectations about growth and our, our philosophy that that first 12 months is a soft launch and organic growth, um, we don't work with them because we, we just, it's not going to be a good working relationship. Um, but the big X factor is the founder and the leadership team. And that leadership team may be one person. I mean, before we got onto this uh, stream, I was on LinkedIn and I was really excited to see one of our clients who started with us. And this has nothing to do with me, but posting on LinkedIn about their franchise reviews and their smaller system, but all of their franchisees said they would buy again. 
deal. Now, this is a leadership team that started at zero, didn't have massive capital. But what it comes down to is the two founders embraced franchising and learning franchising and becoming a franchisor the same way they embraced starting their business. Now, five years later, they're going to win. They are winning. And so, so that's the big key to unlock is that founder vision, mindset, and pathway for success. Well, totally. And I think the, the, the founder offsets budget too. Big time. Completely. If you're willing to hustle as a founder, like, and where, where are the areas you can hustle? You have your community. Um, you have LinkedIn. You can hustle yep. on LinkedIn. Um, you can hustle at the broker network meetings. You can hustle at a franchise show. Um, so if you have that energy, like I've seen passive founders who are like, they, they feel more comfortable behind the scenes than front and center. And then you have the founders that are like, we're going to explode and we're going. And they'll stop at nothing to get, get that done. And I do think that what there, there's an interesting thing that you said there, Charles, and your, your client celebrating successes, uh, that's because they said yes to the right people. And that's, that's another thing that probably the consultants don't tell you is they're going to tell you, be willing to say no to that check. It's hard. It is hard. Like someone's waving that money and you're, you're like, Oh, they want to buy. They love me. This is great. Well, well, but so there's two, two viewpoints here or two angles, right? The one, when we use the word consultant, I'll use meaning a franchise developer that convinces an entrepreneur to franchise their business. Right. There's great ones and then there's really bad ones. And the really bad ones will get you to sign up with them because they're going to tell you they're going to sell for you. And then they're going to present you with either no leads or bad leads and suggest you sign someone you shouldn't. Um, that's the most problematic issue I see for startup franchisors. And then which gets to your point, which in, in my example, this emerging franchisor is talking about, Hey, our franchisees validate and say they would buy again. And your point to every franchisor out there, the startups is validation is key. And, and, and saying no is as important as saying yes. Right. I could guarantee you that leader, that person who's posting it, when he started off in franchising, not that he didn't have that mindset, he wasn't thinking about that yet, but as a leader grew into this franchise role and then is now celebrating internal uh, questionnaires and surveys by franchisees, no matter how big the system is. Yeah. And that to me is where the big wins happen in franchising. And that's why the franchise developers do a disservice because they don't inform these franchise founders about the road ahead, but the ones that get it can win. And your point, good franchise leaders and founders can leverage and outmaneuver better capitalized franchise systems all day, every day. Oh. So another thing that I don't know uh, that gets discussed is the expectations of the broker community. 
franchise broker, meaning someone who has a relationship with candidates and is going to drive that candidate into your brand. What do you think the number 45,000 represents in, in something that I'm going to use? The average franchise fee? Yeah, it's a fair, fair guess. It's actually the franchise fee to get into McDonald's. Okay. And I see emerging brands come out with a franchise fee that is higher than that. Now, the franchise fee, the original guidelines for the franchise fee was this is basically your cost to support a franchisee, which I think is is right. Like support them, spend all that $45,000 on supporting that franchisee, get them uh, successful so that they make more money, they scale, um, which we'll get into the scale side in a second. Uh, today, it's like we need that money to give to the franchise broker to get them to get the candidate to say yes. I don't think that's wrong because candidates are getting more and more conditioned to talk with a consultant or coach uh, to help facilitate what brand makes sense for them. If the coach is, is honest, and there, there are a lot of good consultants and coaches and brokers. Um, so I, I don't think it's wrong, but for an emerging franchisor that charges a franchise fee higher than McDonald's, that seems like maybe it's it's a discussion point that should be had. Your thoughts? Yeah, it, it it's an important discussion point, right? So that higher franchise fee is fine if the franchisor and again the founder and the leadership team understand the the mindset and point that you're making, which is. You now have a franchisee who onboarded is not only committing their future and their capital, but it paid a very high fee to join your system, right? So for sure, franchise fees are driven by broker commissions. You know, everything's changing in terms of digital, digital reach. And so for a franchisor, a good broker has a great role, which is, qualified franchisee candidates and a good broker will do the right thing by the candidate and pair them. So there's a win there because ultimately if I'm a franchisee and I have a choice between paying a $70,000 franchise fee that goes to a broker, but I'm successful versus a $2,000 franchise fee and it's a disaster. That's a big problem. So there's an information premium for sure. And, and franchisors are passing on to franchisee. I think the mindset where the win has to happen, number one, we're making the assumption we're dealing with professional franchise brokers. The win has to happen where the franchisor needs to understand this is a capital investment by the franchisee. And you really need to over support, over train and validate that investment. And it's not, you know, you're not relieved of your obligation because you're not getting that money. And they need to understand that it's yeah. real capital. So what what the consultants aren't saying, you're you're a you're a consultant either for helping emerging franchisor figure things out, or you're a consultant for helping a franchise or a business become a franchise. In my opinion, like one, do do the math. 
And then I, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to say an idea at the end. I want you to poke a hole in it. Um, do, do the math. If you were to hire a vice president of franchise development as an emerging brand, call it a $150,000 hire. So you're going to spend $150,000 on that hire. They usually don't come along with deals. They're there to facilitate the growth of the business. So they're going to coach the leads that come in. So that doesn't even include a lead budget. So 150,000, if you were to pay, we'll use $30,000 in broker commission to brokers and you get five deals, you just facilitated five deals for the same amount of money as it would have been to bring in a full-time employee. And that doesn't like that, that offsets some of the, the marketing costs. So that's where my idea is, and it, it, it won't. I think the likelihood of it happening is probably slim to none because it would take a overhaul of the entire franchise community. Um, but why not put broker fee into the FTD as a separate line item, support fee as a separate line item so that it divides it out. So the franchisor is actually saying like, yeah, we, we're of the fees. If you use a broker, we're going to pay that, pay that to the broker. If you came to us organically, no, no big deal. You don't have to pay those fees. That that goes into the high and the low. Like you pay a broker fee on the high uh, because you went into the broker. Why not? Why not rename franchise fee something else? Well, I, I mean, let's look at it from a different angle. What if I'm a franchisor and I say, okay, if a broker provides me with a deal, we're going to pay you thirty thousand dollars out of our money. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's the same thing, right? So here's my budget, you know, franchise broker. You're, I value what you're going to do and the time you're going to put in. And the long-term deal value of a good franchisee is is very significant to me. I will pay you 30000 I mean, it's still coming out of the same pool of money, right? We're, we're connecting it to the initial franchise fee. So I, I guess I disagree with your... we call it a commission. It's contingent. It's based on that initial franchise fee. I would propose shifting the mindset completely and you franchisor are paying this, right? That is one of your costs of acquiring the, you know, or what if, what if, what if you completely blow up the brain? Say the franchise fee is 10 grand. Just hear me out. Yeah. But because like for me to hire someone in, as my VP of sales could cost 150. I'm going to earmark cash to pay the brokers. Our franchise fee is 10. We pay the brokers 30,000. Oh no, that, <laughs> that is something I actually like, right? I, again, what, what happens? So I think that's a, that's a winning mindset, right? And by the way, I think that'd be a very interesting conversation in broker networks and broker community and franchise sales. I, I think that's very interesting, right? Because it, it is like a paradigm shift. That's an interesting opportunity. You know, the, the reality becomes. Because you also go, you go to the, the lowest, the, the easiest, the pathway of least resistance, right? So as a, as a franchise broker, 
you pro you're not overly intimate with most of the brands that are in your inventory. And so when you're selling to someone, you're like, you're like, you look at their, their sales sheet or their two minute drill and you're like, their, their pizza's awesome. Cause they said like six people said it was awesome. Like you just go to the sales sheet. And so if you can equip a broker with the right tools to say, look, part of what they're doing here is we're keeping the fees low and saying, we want franchisees to invest their money into getting successful. So they have a $10,000 franchise fee. And by the way, they're going to pay me 30 for getting you into their system. Uh, I'm letting you know that because they are so committed to the success of you that they want you in. And so now all of a sudden you gave the tool, you gave a sales tool to the franchise broker, you're earmarking dollars that you could have, you know, wasted on digital or PR, like any, anything. You could have wasted it all on there with, as a crapshoot. And you're saying, you know what? We're going we're gonna to press the pedal and see what we can do from a marketing standpoint to say, we care passionately about our franchisees. Put all of your money into making this unit successful so that you make money. We make money. Uh, and we're going to pay brokers because we see them as a part of our development budget, not as a part of a contingency. Right. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think that's smart. I think it all depends on capitalization of the franchise company. Yeah. Right. And then, so, but if you're a well-capitalized organization and that reduced franchise fee is not going to reduce other things, which it shouldn't. Right. Um, but you are draining capital. I, I think that's an interesting approach for the emerging and startups. You know, we're bootstrapping, we're bootstrapping sales and franchise brokers are a high leverage point. And the idea initially is not only are you going to, you know, you're going to fuel that broker recommendation, but then it should be incumbent upon you to over deliver. So, I mean, look, I think it can work. I, I'm a big believer in markets working. And I look at the, if there's a broker premium, I'll also call it an information premium. And so if I'm working with the right franchise broker, if, again, it's like every profession, and they give me great advice and I connect with the right franchisor, I much rather spend that 45K than the $5,000 or 10 and make a bad decision long-term. Great point. Well, okay, so let's, let's, let's break it down. I'll, I'll, I'll start it things that you're not hearing as an emerging franchise or a business that's about to franchise. Franchising is tough. It takes capital to grow. Your first franchisees are gonna dictate most likely whether you maintain momentum in early stages or you have to go through turbulence. So if your early franchisees are great, then, then you'll, you'll set up for success. If you're gonna use the broker network, evaluate it from all angles. Don't just go with the, the pathway of least resistance, like think about how you can leverage it. Anything else? Yeah, as franchise founders, team members, you're the most important asset and you can um, outmaneuver, right? Budgeting and competition. There you have it. I mean, we're we're here to this uncover works. the truth of franchising. Nick? I think we, this is all great advice today. And then join the FranX community and check out the YouTube channel. And subscribe. Like we need one of those, like, like all those yeah. YouTube videos have like this and make sure to subscribe. Right. <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel, the FranX.